Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, May 13th. White is a blend of all the colors of the rainbow. If the energy moves up the spine toward the brain, white can inspire a consciousness of purity. If that energy withdraws passively into the spine, however, white may suggest a bland lack of interest. Choose white to develop non-attachment to worldliness. Don't choose it if your nature is too passive. Now, there's a, there is a tradition, and it's been a long-standing tradition, that the, the colors of the rainbow, red, orange, yellow, green, let's see, it's Roy G. Bibb, <laughs> blue, indigo, violet, that the colors of the rainbow correspond to the colors of the, of the chakras coming up the spine. Um, Master himself, Yogananda, never endorsed those colors. It's a sort of a, 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 fan, a fanciful tradition. Swamiji writes, he, Swami acknowledges it, but he writes about it very carefully without ever endorsing it. Master actually gave different colors to the chakras. So the way we've sort of reconciled those two is to talk about the inward, if you're inwardly meditating on the chakra, it has a different color than if you're thinking about its outward manifestation into the world. But quite apart from that, let's say for a minute that we're talking about, you know, the colors of the rainbow all coming up and then combining into the color white, that all those vibrations, you know, you can't think of it in terms of color, a coloring book because if you put all those colors on top of each other with a crayon, you're definitely not going to end up in white. So what we're talking about is light shining through it and and when all the colors have uh, transcended themselves in essence, the light becomes pure. It becomes pure white light. It's also, it's, it's a physical manifestation of a profound spiritual principle. And the spiritual principle is what Swamiji is talking about here. When we talk about the chakras, which you can look um, on, on my own YouTube channel and various other places, I, I find the teachings of Master and of Swamiji about the chakras to be the most um, practical in their idealism. That's how I'm going to put it. They, they really help you understand the chakras from a, from a I can do something with this point of view rather than just a fascinating esoterica. But one of the, the way the principles of the chakras work is that the purpose of meditation and spiritual life, and in fact the experience of meditation and spiritual life, is literally that energy rises up the spine, it, it, it concentrates at the point between the eyebrows, at the spiritual eye. Each of the chakras represents a, a, a quality of consciousness that when all of those qualities are combined together, we become, we become an ideal human being. We have gained self-mastery, we have personal power. We are, are, are loyal to our ideals. We are, we are flexible and creative in the way that we apply them. We have universal love. We're deeply calm in the way that we move through life. 
and all of it comes together in harmony with higher awareness, and it and all of those colors combi- coming up the spine together finally manifest into beautiful white light. It's a it it's a symbolic and a literal actual explanation of, of how spiritual life works. One of the ways it's talked about because the spine is the highway to the infinite. The way Master put it is the only place that God can be experienced is in the human nervous system. And part of his primary message in, in coming from India with these wonderful teachings was to say to every single sentient being, but of course he was addressing mostly humans, saying that your spiritual potential is infinite and accessible and the degree to which you access that spiritual potential is entirely in your hands. No institutional affiliation is needed, no priestly intercession, no pujari doing complicated rituals for you. It's, it's in the way that you relate to yourself, work with your own consciousness, and then when you get into the esoterica of it, you interiorize your energy in the spine, and then you learn how to magnetize that energy upward. And when it's magnetized in the right way, um, we become, you know, this pure light. And as he says, if the energy moves up the spine toward the brain, white inspires an ever greater consciousness of purity. Because what the lower chakras, if they're misdirected, represent, and by purity, purity is a very interesting word, and it should not be used, well, I know there's a certain fundamentalist a Christian attitude that the purity and virginity become very closely connected and purity is the opposite of sexual indulgence and that is such a, a, a tiny and um, distorted perspective on what's really intended here. Because Jesus in the Beatitudes says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. And he's talking about much more than how we use our physical body and um, in, in the ways that, of sexuality or not. But what is being represented is that we have to gradually understand that every inclination we have to believe that our happiness comes from circumstances outside of our own consciousness, every, every inclination we have, we gradually have to see through the illusion of that. And we finally begin to understand, and this is again where Jesus said it, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. He didn't mean that you'll become rich and you'll have relationships and all of this. These things meaning everything that you long for, you will realize will be found in the kingdom of God, which is to say in the heavenly realms within our own consciousness, when we interiorize and elevate our consciousness. But he also said, where is the kingdom of God, Jesus said. And he said, it's not low here and low there, meaning seeking it in this country or in that mountain or in that valley. He said, the kingdom of God is within. And then Master came and said it, Yogananda came and said it much more explicitly, it's, it's in the way the energy flows within our inner self, primarily in the spine. And so when Jesus was talking about blessed are the pure in heart, but what he meant by purity 
is, is when you think of it as something that is a free of, of everything except its own essential nature. You know, when you think of pure water, for example, you think that the water is clean, you think the water is fresh, you think the water has no other um, attributes except just water itself. You can think of pure gold, and it's not, it's not diluted with anything else. It just is exactly and only its essential self. And so when Swamiji talks about um, white can inspire in us that kind of purity, it's not because I restrain myself from the things I want to do. It's because I realize all of that is outside of me. I mean, all of that satisfaction that I'm trying to seek Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And in my deep relationship with God, I will have the security. I will have the inspiration. I will have the power. I will feel the love. And maybe then we also participate in the world. But we participate in the world from the awareness of who we really are. Instead of for the thought that I need this, I lack this, I have to have that. I'm incomplete. And that's why Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart. Because when I I just am who I am as I was made by God, and I realize that all of this sadness and sorrow and feeling incomplete and longing for this and longing for that, that none of it is who I really am. It was just this delusion that I carried around for a period of time. And, And now... I can be myself. You know, white is often the spirit, the color of, of spirituality. And in the Indian tradition, in the ashrams, at spiritual ceremonies, everyone always wears white. Uh, with, because of an understanding that if all the chakras are really working together and the light of all the chakras is purified, it will come out in this white color. So we wear white and white is also, it's unblemished. The color of white is that it's unblemished. Everything has been removed, and this is all that's showing. And when you see crowds of people in the ashrams there, and they're all dressed in white, there's this, this, this wonderful beauty to it. White is also the light that you see when you come into the spiritual, uh, into the, the vision of light that you see at the point between the eyebrows when you meditate deeply. The, there's a gold ring, there's an indigo field, And at the center of the indigo field, this is something that everyone sees. The center of the indigo field is is a five-pointed white star. And and we penetrate through that star. Yogis penetrate through that star when they meditate very, very deeply. And it's that white color that calls to us. Now, Swamiji again warns that that don't don't look to white. Don't wear too much white. Don't be with too much white if you have a tendency toward passivity. And see, what happens is that both ends of the spectrum can look the same. A person who is lost in God consciousness, who has completely lost, uh, has completely turned their attention away from the external world and is living in a state of, of profoundly elevated consciousness, may be completely motionless, silent, and unresponsive to the world here. But they're, they're in, in an enormously high state of consciousness. 
from which, if they come down from it to interact with the world, there is a profound power and blessing that emanates from them, even absolutely still, you know, lost in that pure white light, um, you can, those who are sensitive can feel a tremendous spiritual vibration coming from them. Lahiri Mahashaya, who was the, the guru of Yogananda's guru, Param Guru to Yogananda, it's called. He spent, after he retired from his job, he worked as a government accountant for many years, and then for a number of years he retired from his job and he sat in the living room of his small house in Varanasi day and night. He didn't need to sleep, he seldom ate, he rarely walked out of that room, and he just meditated day and night. And he would talk to his disciples, but for many long hours he would just sit absolutely motionless, lost, you know, all the colors of the rainbow of his chakras had had risen up his spine into white light. And he was just lost in that light. But hundreds of people over the years just came and just sat to meditate with him because the power was there. But but a person can also be some <clears throat> somewhat inert, somewhat uninvolved, somewhat passive about everything that's going on and just sort of... Uh, it's not because they've transcended the things of this world, it's because they don't have the energy to engage with them. And that kind of passivity, sometimes people get on the spiritual path and they think, they, this is how what happens, they think about how they're supposed to behave and then they try to behave that way. And the, that's one of the, what the, it's one of the gravest mistakes you can make on the spiritual path because you start becoming very confused about who, who you are and what is really spiritual. True spirituality um, emanates from us and grows out of it like a tree grows out of a seed. And the, tree, the seed doesn't say, oh, I'm supposed to be a tree. Let me gather up some branches and paste them on me and then I'll look like a tree. But in spiritual life, sometimes that's what people do. Oh, people who are deeply meditating, you know, this is how they are, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like that kind of person. And it, it never works, is the problem with it, because there's not enough power in it to really transform us. So we either can't sustain it, and our, our natural self breaks through the facade, or it's so boring that we ourselves just go find something else to do. So Swamiji even speaks about, you know, dress, don't dress too much in the color white if you're, if, you're, if you're pretending, if you're just trying to pretend to be a spiritual person, or if you know that, that it's not the, the stillness of white that I need, it's the power of orange, it's the power of red. I really need to, to participate in the world and get my energy moving and face into the things that frighten me and that I haven't yet mastered. And then I gather all those colors together and it will naturally turn to white. So it's, it's fascinating, all of this. Ask yourself, and this is what studying the chakras can also help you, because all the qualities that you need are represented also by the colors. You can begin to think, you know, what is really my next step? Where, where am I standing in the truth of my consciousness? And what can I do from where I stand to expand it? So Swami says, White is a blend of all the colors of the rainbow. 
if the energy moves up the spine toward the brain, white can inspire a consciousness of purity. If that energy withdraws passively into the spine, however, white may suggest a bland lack of interest. Choose white to develop non-attachment to worldliness, but don't choose it if your nature is too passive. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.